What's up, Freedom Church family? We are so glad that you've decided to join us today. Here at Freedom Church, we believe that God's word is crucial to experiencing his true freedom. We pray that you will find hope and that God will speak to you wherever you are through today's message. Can he do anything? Because as in a minute when we get into the message, see, all of it hinges on the fact of whether or not we believe it. Now, we can read it, we can study it, we can quote it, but do we really believe that he can do anything? And the Lord has been reminding me that it is not by might nor by power, but by his spirit. All things are possible. How many things? All things are possible. I want to read to you from the book of Nehemiah real quick before we get into the message. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 6 says, So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half of its height, for the people had a mind to work. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word and the truth that it brings. Father, bless each and every one of us here tonight. Help us to know and understand what it is you're saying to us. And let it all bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Let me just take a, a minute right here at the beginning just to tell you how, how blessed I am to to be your pastor, me and, and, and Miss Tammy, I will call her Miss Tammy, are, are blessed. She doesn't like to be called Pastor Tammy. She wants to be called Miss Tammy or just Tammy. Okay. All right. Um, but we are truly, truly blessed uh, to see what the Lord has done and, and honored us with this position. And it, it is not something that we, we take lightly. And we are blessed and, and thrilled and excited to see what God is going to do in each and every one of us. Amen. Now, tonight's message, if we can put the title up on the screen, and the title is called Mind the Gap. Mind the gap. I'll come back to that in, in, by the end of the message, and you'll, you'll see why. So some time ago, as I was reading and praying, the Lord spoke to me about relationships. And as we begin a new relationship here at Freedom Church with all of you, I know we've been here a while, and you've known us for a while, but this, this marks the beginning of a new year and a new day and a new relationship that we have with each and every one of you. And the Lord was speaking to me about relationships. And his main purpose in creating mankind was and is for us to bring glory to him, but also to establish a relationship with us. God wants a, a relationship with each and every one of us. He's an, he is an individual personal God. So much so that he knows every hair on our heads, amen? 
He didn't create us to be robots or clones or anything like that. He created us with our own free will, but he wants to have a relationship with us, but he wants us to choose to be with him and to know him and to have a relationship with him. He wants relationships restored. He wants souls saved. He wants hearts and peoples to be healed. And you might think, well, why do they need restoring? Well, because of the sin in the world and, and maybe possibly a sin or something has crept into our lives that needs to be dealt with and it needs to be healed so our relationship with the Lord can be restored. Now, this world has become a very selfish place, and, and as I've, you've probably heard before, that's why selfies are all the rage today, right? Many people, isn't it funny how it isn't just one picture, it's like 50, you know? And many people have more of a relationship with their phones than they do with the Lord, myself included, all right? We spend more time looking into that little gadget that little computer thing, whatever, and right? But what about our relationship with the Lord? And we say we don't have time. We say we're too busy. We should spend more time seeking his face and finding out who he is. God, now think about this. God, the creator of the universe, he wants to spend, he wants to spend time with us. The scriptures say he inhabits our praises. That's why we feel his presence when we come in and we sing praises to him. He lives for that. He can't wait for that. In fact, he can't wait for you and me to come to him and talk to him. He can't wait for that relationship. Now, the scriptures say something to the effect that he wants to be with us more than him. Why? Simply because he loves us. And he does have a plan for us. And we'll never know what that is unless we have a relationship with him. Just to be with, with us because he loves us. And as I said earlier, as we're blessed to become your pastors, I'll be honest with you, we didn't see this coming. All right? But since we have a relationship with the Lord, we went and prayed about it, and the Lord said, this is what you're to do. He was very specific and, and spoke to us so plainly. It was like, oh. Now, the Lord will do that, and you think, well, what kind of relationship is that? Maybe he's holding back from you. No, he's not holding back. But if he reveals everything he had planned for you all at once, you'd run the other way. Amen? And that's one of the oldest lies that goes way back to the beginning, back to the first couple that was in the earth, Adam and Eve. God had a relationship with them. They walked and talked with God daily. All right? But then we know the serpent came along, and he whispered, and he got Eve to think, well, God is holding back from me or something. If God holds back something from you, or if he doesn't reveal it at that time, that's his will. That's why we pray, his will be done. And it's for a reason and for a purpose. We might not like it. We may not understand it. And we may get a little impatient, but he has a purpose. And at the right time, after the right season, he'll reveal things to you. 
Now, he wants us to become more like him, to see things as he sees them, to live in harmony with one another, because that's the way he designed it, and that's the way he wants it. Now, it's no secret that we, that our enemy, and we only have one enemy, right? We know who he is. He's a defeated foe, all right? The enemy is not the person sitting on your left or your right. Look to the person on your left and on your right and say, hey, you are not my enemy. We are not each other's enemy. We only have one. As I said, he is a defeated foe, but he is working hard to try to distract us, discourage us. He's trying to destroy everything that God has created. I believe in this day and age, he's got two main tar targets. He's going after children and youth. All right, he's trying to get them deceived into believing all kinds of lies. And he's going for church leadership. If he can get church leadership to give up and throw up their hands and say they're done, well, if we have no leadership and if, and if he can undercut the youth, where's the church? So those are his two main targets, and we should expect attacks on the church and, dare I say, even in the church. Just because we show up at church doesn't mean that we're completely immune from any attacks or something else that somebody might use against us. Now, I believe in this year, in 2024, we're going to have to work even harder on our relationships. Even as, as busy as it is and as time it seems to be, you know, the other day people were saying, it's like somebody has their foot on the accelerator of life. All right, it just seems to be going faster and faster. But we're going to have to work on our relationships with the Lord and with each other. So let me ask you a question. How are your relationships? How's your relationship with your spouse or your children, your relatives, friends, neighbors, co-workers, and the Lord? How's your relationship doing? Now, I want to look at some, some examples in the Bible of some people and their relationships. Joseph. We all know the story of Joseph, right? He was mistreated, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, but he kept his relationship with the Lord going. His family, his own brothers, sold him into slavery, yet he was able to still keep his relationship with the Lord alive. He didn't throw his hands up and, and throw a temper tantrum and say, where are you, God? What are you doing? All right. He kept his relationship going. And as we know, the story of Joseph, the Lord blessed him and used him mightily. He didn't keep, keep up, and he kept the proper attitude. Now, in Genesis 1-4, it says, But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them, and they couldn't say a kind word to him. 
And then in Genesis 39, verse 20, it says, So he took Joseph and threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held, and there he remained. Verse 21 goes on to say, But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. And the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. I guess if it's one place you want to have the Lord's favorites in prison... It would have been easy for Joseph, as I said, it would have been easy for him to just give up, but he didn't. Genesis chapter 41 verse 16 says, it is beyond my power to do this, Joseph replied, but God can tell you what it means and set you at ease. Again, it's showing that he was relying completely on God. As bad as things were in the prison, being, his back being turned on him by his family, And then in Genesis chapter 50, verse 15, and this is still on Joseph, it says, but now their father was dead, and Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now, now Joseph will show anger to us and pay us back for all the wrong that we did to him. So they sent a message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, Please forgive your brothers for the great wrong that they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. And when Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. And then his brothers came and threw themselves before Joseph and said, Look, we are your slaves, they said, now, here's how you know God is working on someone and, and, and has given somebody grace and favor. He doesn't retaliate, all right? He very easily could have retaliated against his brothers. He could have banished them. He could have had them killed, anything. But verse 19 goes on to say, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. And finally, verse 21 says, No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. As I said, that's an example of someone who has God's grace and favor and has that relationship kept it alive, and didn't give up. He was showing his brothers grace, even though they clearly didn't deserve it. I wonder if any of us, myself included, could react the same way. He is a great example of faithfulness and obedience. Now, let's look at the life of David. I know we've, we've heard about David so many times, and it says, David, what do you always hear when you, David was a man after God's own heart. Exactly. All right. He was humble, reverent, respectful, trusting. He made a lot of mistakes. All right. But he kept his relationship alive with the Lord. He kept coming back to the Lord, asking for forgiveness, and his relationship was restored. 
In 1 Samuel uh, 13, verse 14, it, sa it says that, in fact, David was a man after God's own heart. And in Psalms 27, verse 1, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? So these scriptures, again, show that David was aware that he needed to depend and rely upon God and keep that relationship active. The next group of people, I want you to look at a group of people, I say that the Israelites, all right? We know the famous Red Sea crossing, right? Pharaoh finally lets them go, and they end up at the Red Sea. And what do they do? Well, they complained and questioned Moses. Many times they said, did you bring us out here to die? In Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 and 16, it says, Moses, Moses had a relationship with God. It says, but Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. And in that scene about the, about the Red Sea crossing, it's, you know, every time I think about it, I think, well, we think about it so quickly, right, because everything happens so fast in this world, right? And we can think of, oh, he just parted the Red Sea when he held out his staff, and it happened in a couple seconds, and the ground was dry, and oh, okay, they walked through. Okay, on to the next scene, right? And we think about it so quickly, but the, the Scriptures say that the wind blew all night long. So God's wind blew back the waters all night long, all right, and that's one miracle. And the second part is that the, the ground was dry when they walked through. So there's really two miracles taking place, three if you think about it, because they all got through all the way through on dry ground. Sometimes we don't see the answer to our prayers right away. Sometimes it may take all night long. Sometimes it's going to take a lot longer than a night. Sometimes it may take months. Sometimes it might even take years before you see the answer to a prayer. But just because we don't see the answer is no reason to throw up our hands and stop our relationship with the Lord and give up. God was basically telling the Moses and, to the, and telling the people that were complaining, stop your belly aching and move forward. Now, let's look at our relationship with the Lord. Are we crying out in fear because of all that we see going on around us? Because when you get your eyes on all the stuff that's going on in the world, it can be pretty scary, right? There's some pretty strange things and some pretty disturbing things. And if we focus on that too long, we're going to lose our relationship with the Lord and put it, putting our faith where it should be. We, we need to remember who our God is, and who we are in him. Sorry, I don't have an iPad yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then in verse 15, and that, that still with the uh, Moses and the Israelites, the Israelites, it says, the Lord's 
I'm sorry. The Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the people to get moving. Pick up your staff and raise your hand over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle on the sea, of the sea on dry ground. And again, that's referring to having faith and trusting in God, but you've got to have that relationship. In Nehemiah chapter 4, and this is what I, I read chapter 4, verse 6 earlier, we see the rebuilding of the walls. The, the walls, the Jerusalem had been attacked, and there was, the wall was in disrepair. And we see the people working together to repair the gaps in the wall. And when I was preparing this, I said, the gaps in the wall are gaps in our relationships. What has happened to us that has caused a gap in our relationships? What offense? Who said something? Who told you something? Who did something that has caused a gap in your relationship? Because, see, if we have a gap in our relationships, well, that very well may translate into a gap with our, between us and the Lord. Now, the people, it says, the people were working together to repair the, the holes in the walls, working with one hand and holding a weapon in the other hand. The enemy attacked and left gaps in the walls. But again, what about our relationships? So can you imagine seeing the people rebuilding the walls? Now, they knew if they just built the walls, they would be vulnerable. They could get attacked again. And they knew if they just sat there and waited with their weapons and guns and loaded whatever they had, they, if they waited and waited and waited for the attack, then the walls would never be repaired. So they combined the two of them. They were working with one hand, repairing the walls, while in the other hand they had weapons in case the enemy was getting ready to attack. So if an attack did come, they could stop working for a minute and attack back. And as I was preparing this message, I saw that as watching and praying. We have to watch and pray, and we have to rebuild the wall, which means we have to repair the gaps. If somebody has offended you, if somebody has done something to you and said something to you, and you've taken offense to it, there's a gap. You need forgiveness, they need forgiveness, so that the wall can be restored. And like I said before, if it's going to happen any place, it's more than likely it's going to happen in a church. Now, what about your relationship with the Lord? Is there some frustration, some sin that has caused a gap in your relationship? How many times have you thought, well, Lord, you said you were going to. Well, Lord, I've prayed and prayed and prayed, and I haven't seen the answer yet. We have to keep watching and praying and believing so that the enemy doesn't have access to us. And this is what the Scripture says in that chapter 4, Nehemiah four seventeen. The laborers carried on their work with one hand, supporting their load in one hand and a weapon in the other. 
And again, this goes back to verse 6, the beginning at the message. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. That translates into don't give up, because anything is possible. Now, the wall was only rebuilt to half its height, all right? It may not be like it was back then, but we're going to rebuild it, and we're going to make it new. It might look a little different, but it'll serve the same purpose. Don't expect it to be the way it's always been. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. These gaps that I'm referring to. They wound us in here. Whenever they occur, however they happen, whether, whether it was accidental, whether it was intentional, somebody told you you weren't good enough, somebody told you you weren't smart enough, somebody told you this, somebody told you that, causes a gap in our relationship, and that translates into, well, if God is so good, how come I feel so bad? Because they said this and they did this. All of those gaps we have to repair. We have to close them up. We have to seek forgiveness. We have to work on our relationships. And, of course, the most important relationship that we can have is a relationship with our first love, and that is Jesus. Do you remember when you first met your, your spouse or maybe your boyfriend or girlfriend? Remember what that was like? You couldn't wait to spend time with them. Going places, getting to know them. Remember when you first got saved? That feeling, realizing that the Lord really does love you and he wants to spend time with you? You probably couldn't get enough of him. Spending time in the word, praying, believing, listening to him. See, all of that is part of a relationship. Our relationships with each other involve all of those things. But over time, what happens? We become a little more casual, right? We say, love you. And we just kind of throw the love yous out there like it's, you know, but do we really mean love you? Like, I love you? Do we say that to the Lord? Like, oh, Lord, so I love you, Lord. Uh, I got so much to do today, you know. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. And Pastor Cam, I'm getting ready to close. 1 John 4, 19 says, we love because he first loved us. I know life is busy, but we have to get better at our relationships, and especially our relationship with the Lord. What if we, as believers, were as relentless at pursuing our relationship with the Lord as the enemy as he is trying to destroy it? There's a quote from A.W. Tozier, and he says, It is astonishing how many difficulties clear up without any effort when the inner life gets straightened out. That's a great quote. I love that. It's astonishing how many difficulties get 
clear up without any effort when the inner life gets straightened out. Because when you hold on to the bitterness, when you hold on to the hurt, when you hold on to that offense, whatever it is, it causes a gap. And if we just let it sit there and fester, well, it translates into our relationship with each other and our, our relationship with the Lord. And we start thinking things like, well, it's no use. There's no hope. I guess God hasn't heard that prayer. I guess he's not going to answer that prayer. All the difficulties can be cleared up because like I said at the beginning, all things are possible through Christ. All things. So many times we, we limit God because in our mind, we, we just don't think it's possible. We don't believe it's possible. But when he says all things are possible, that means all things are possible. Is it possible for you to have forgiveness with that one who hurt you? Yes, absolutely. Is it possible you, for you to get a new job? Yes. Is it possible for you to get out of debt? Yes. Is it possible? Is it possible? The possibilities are endless with God. And so many times we limit God by the way we think. And then we hear of somebody else being blessed and God's doing something great in their life and we think, oh, well, I guess that's for them. And we don't even count ourselves in. We don't, we don't even believe that he'll do the same for us. But he's a God that loves us so much. Like I said at the beginning, he knows every hair on our head. He wants to do that for us. He doesn't want these gaps in the walls. He doesn't want these hurts in our lives and in our relationships. And he wants us to keep our relationship ongoing with him, trusting and believing in him that he is who he says he is and he's going to do what he said he's going to do. Now, Jesus came to restore mankind's relationship. You want to talk about a gap? Adam and Eve, like I mentioned, were the first couple. When they sinned, created a gap between them and our Heavenly Father. And Jesus came and stood in the middle of that gap with his arms outstretched, connecting to the Father God to mankind. He filled that gap. Because of the sin that separated us, Jesus closed that gap by sacrificing his life for us. So the veil was ripped in two. We now have access to him. But do we spend time going there? Do we spend time keeping that relationship alive and active? See, the Lord is interested in relationships, and he's not hard to find. Jesus has showed us the way. So who are we to think that it's not possible? As we get ready to, to close, I know this wasn't a very long message, but I just want you to take a minute. I'm going to pray. I want you to think about somebody or something in your life. Right now, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Maybe, maybe you don't have any gaps. If you don't, God bless you. 
But if there are gaps that he reveals to you, then ask him, how am I going to bridge this gap? Because I can't do it on my own. I need you, Lord. If forgiveness needs to come, then let forgiveness come. You know, there was a time in, in, in me and Miss Tammy's lives where somebody was causing a whole lot of trouble. And a wise person said to me, you need to forgive him. I said, me? I'm not the one causing the trouble. I'm trying to defend my wife. And boy, if I could catch him outside, I, I tell you what. They, they said, no, 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 that's not the way. That's not the way. You have to forgive him. I'm like, are you serious? And then they said, when Jesus died on the cross, he looked up to, to the Father and said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And if he can forgive us, then we should forgive others. Jesus is our example. We're supposed to follow his example. Because if we don't forgive, it causes gaps. The enemy can get in through those gaps. And when the enemy gets access, well, we just need to work more on our relationships and rebuilding the walls. Because I believe Freedom Church is a community of believers, but we're going to be a stronger community. We're going to be a stronger wall. We're going to link arms together. We're going to support each other. We're going to care for each other. We're going to pray for each other. Even if he wakes you up in the middle of the night and wants you to pray for somebody, do it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we again are blessed by your presence. Thank you for speaking to us through your word here tonight. And Father, as has been said, help us, each and every one of us individually, since you know us. You know every hair in our heads and every aspect of our lives, every detail. You, you know our thoughts before we even think them. Lord, help us. Show us the one that we need to forgive the relationship that needs to be repaired and restored and rebuilt. And Father, don't let it get in the way of our relationship with you because we know you are the God of the impossible. We know you are a God who wants to do great and mighty things. And we do stand at the ready, seeing those things and expecting them. But Lord, help us to look within first to make sure that we're standing right before you. Father, let healing come. Let forgiveness come. Let peace and joy override all of it. Father, we thank you and give you praise. Bless each and every one here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to learn more about who we are and what we believe at Freedom Church, then make sure you visit our website at freedomchurchfamily.com. You will find it easy to invest in this ministry as well as be a part of our upcoming events. Thank you so much for listening and remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this one. We pray you accept this gift of freedom and share it with someone you know.